All right, well, go ahead and take your Bibles this morning and go to the book of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to speak this morning on the first of the Ten Commandments. And I'm not going to do this in consecutive weeks, but um, over the next several weeks, I might do some of them on Sunday night, some of them will be Sunday morning, but I eventually I want to go through all the Ten Commandments. There are some really good things that, that I want to show you in each of the Ten Commandments. And you know, unfortunately, when it comes to many things in the Bible, a lot of times we just assume we know everything about it. We just assume we've got it down. Maybe you've got the Ten Commandments memorized, and so you're thinking, uh, there's nothing for me in this message. I'm here to, and I'm here to tell you, you want to hear every one of these messages on the Ten Commandments. I'm here today to tell you, the Ten Commandments all still apply. Okay? They did not go away when Jesus died on the cross. You say, well, what about remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? That applies too, and I'm gonna, but not probably not how you think. All right, some of you might know, maybe you've been around long enough, you've heard how I preach about that. But I'm here today to tell you these commandments; they all matter, and it's important that we know them and that we know them right. I've mentioned the other day in one of my messages on John 3:16, one of the most well-known verses in the Bible that a lot of people have memorized, but yet even people who have John 3:16 memorized, where it says, "Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life." They still think you have to do good works to go to heaven. Even though it says in John 3.16, it's whosoever believeth in Him. Many people who say all the time, well, God is a loving God. You know, God would never send anybody to hell. Because for God so loved the world. Yeah, but what about the not perish part? So once again, people, they can have a verse memorized, but still not understand it and know it. And a lot of people too, if you ask them, uh, you know, how do you go to heaven? Let's say, well, good works. Well, what... You know, what, what does that mean? How many good works? What works are you supposed to do? And then, oh, you know, keep the Ten Commandments. And I'm here today to tell you that nobody in here has ever kept all the Ten Commandments. And you know what? We break, we break these things all the time. And I'm going to show you too on this first one. The first one. You can say the most important of all the Ten Commandments. It gets broken all the time. And we're, we see here in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, this is the commandment in case you don't know it. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Oh, well, I got that one down because I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I believe in God. I believe in Jehovah God. I believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. I've trusted Him for salvation. That's my God. We, you know, we all know what God we're supposed to be serving, and we all claim Him. If anybody asks you, you know, who, what God do you serve? Because we know we live in a world where there's many false gods out there. You know, we'd be quick to say, you know, I believe in Jehovah God. I believe in Jesus Christ, His Son, that He died and He paid for my sins. And so, you know, that's my God first. None of us in here would probably go and offer sacrifices to some false god or go bow before some idol. Of, an, of another God. But at the same time, I'm here today to tell you that people, Christian people, some of you in here on a regular basis probably, without even realizing it, you are having other gods before the true God. What, what does that mean exactly? Well, first, let's, let's look at the meaning of the name of God. Because we know God has many names. Okay, but God is one of the ones that we use the most. But that name God, if you look in that Webster's 1828 dictionary, the first definition is the supreme being, Jehovah, the eternal and infinite spirit, the creator and the sovereign of the universe. And I would say amen to every one of those things. But another definition for God, and you could say, and this would be a little g God, but you would say is a false God, 
a heathen deity or an idol. And we see in the Bible, a lot of times you'll see gods with a little g. When you see God with a capital G, we know that's referring to the true God. If we write about God today, we use a capital G because we're talking about the one true God. We use a little g for all other gods. But why do we use that? Why do we still use that word God for both? Because there's a reason for that. There's a meaning. God, that, you know, God itself, that word, that name, it has a meaning. And here's the third definition. It's a prince a ruler, a magistrate, or judge, an angel. And then um, there's a verse that it refers to. We're going to look at here in just a little bit. But I want to show you a few passages of Scripture as we look at what the name of God means that sometimes confuse people. These can be confusing passages of Scripture. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8. But it's important that we understand this because this will help us understand how we obey the first commandment. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For though there be, there be that are called gods, with a little g, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. And we see sometimes in the Bible where it's like, well, there's one God. And that's true. There is only one real God, you can say. But, here, but at the same time, we see other places where it refers to multiple gods. Sometimes those other gods are referred to as, you know, what we would probably call demons or devils. Um, but at the same time, too, we see in some scriptures, it refers to earthly people as actual people as gods. Now, we're not used to that kind of terminology, but the Bible uses it. Okay? And, it and it says in verse six, it says, but to us, there is but one God, the father of whom are all things and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. That passage can confuse people sometimes, but as we look at some things, it's going to become real clear here in a moment. But we basically learn here that there is a term God, or the term God or Lord, those are terms of authority. Okay, In some countries, they will still refer to people as Lord. You know, they'll, that, that's a title that they'll have. You know, we don't use that title here in America. You know, we'll call people, you know, things like Mr. and Sir. And in some places, if it's somebody of authority, you know, they will refer to them as my Lord. In other words, you're my authority. Uh, today, if you're talking to a judge, you're supposed to refer to him as your honor. You know, it's, it's a, a title of, of respect and authority. But the term Lord, it is, it's, it's a term of authority. Okay, if, you're, if these people are in other countries that they refer to somebody as Lord, I don't believe they're being blasphemous. They're just recognizing that's their authority. But at the same time, in the Bible, we see sometimes the word God is used too. Now, that's very rare. I don't know any places in the world that do that today. But in the Bible, we do see that. You know, the term God, sometimes in the Bible, it's not, it's not referring to a heathen deity, but an authority figure. It says in Exodus chapter 22, verse 28, it says, thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the ruler of thy people. Thou shalt not revile the gods. Good. That means, pastor, you can't start, you can't get up and you can't go mocking other gods. You know, you can't make fun of, you know, Buddha and, you know, Allah and all these other gods. You know, you're not supposed to revile the gods. You need to be respectful to other people's beliefs. Is that what that's saying? No, it says, thou shalt not revile the gods nor curse the rule of thy people. When it's talking about the gods there, it's not talking about deities, it's talking about authority figures. Okay? People who are in authority, people who have been placed 
in authority. We shouldn't just go around being disrespectful to them, even if you don't like, even if you don't like them. Okay, if the President of the United States shows up, even if you don't like him, and you don't have to like, you know, our leaders, but at the same time, I think that they do, they are owed some, you know, certain respects because of their position. I do believe we ought to do that. You know, our, if, if you go in court, you're expected to be respectful to that judge. You might not like that judge. You might know that judge personally. You might know things about that judge that are absolutely true, that are very bad about them. But at the same time, they represent a position of authority that's very important. That, and that is that it's a sacred thing. And so we shouldn't go just reviling them. We ought to be respectful. But he, that verse, reviling the gods, it's referring to earthly authority figures. We see, um, look at John chapter 10. Israel was called gods in the Bible. It mentions that. We see uh, um, John chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus is speaking. He says, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered and answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods, under whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say of, of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent to the world, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though, ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know, and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Jesus basically is telling him here that, wait a minute, understand that, yes, I'm referring to myself as God, but... I've been commissioned by God for a specific purpose. I, this, is, this is what I am. I've got to fulfill the Word of God. I'm going to do what He said. And how can you say that is unlawful? I'm doing... I, I am what God called me. I am what I am. In fact, He mentions it was written in your law that He referred to you as God's. Look, and He was referring to Psalms chapter um, 82. Turn to Psalms chapter 82. Jesus is referring to Psalms 82 here, and he calls them gods. Now, this is interesting because most of you think, uh, you know, I don't think we ought to call people gods. But yet, at the same time, I'm going to show you that you are a god. Okay? And I don't mean that, you know, don't take that the wrong way. But in a biblical sense, okay, we got a lot of gods in this room today. All right, and a lot of these gods sitting in this room today, they need to be overthrown. All right, they, they, they need to be taken down. All right, but look what it says in Psalms chapter 82. It says in verse 1 God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, he judgeth, judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor, poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods. That's the verse Jesus referred to. And all you are the children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. What 
It's being said here in this passage, God had commissioned them to be authority figures and to carry out His law. God has given us as His people, okay? God is not on earth ruling and reigning today and enforcing laws and, and judging people. We are supposed to do those things. God gave us a law that we're supposed to follow. God commissioned man to be, for example, to administer the death penalty. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. It is up to us to maintain a healthy society. We are supposed to set up authority figures. We are supposed to choose out judges among us. We are supposed to appoint uh, those who are to go out and be punishers of evildoers. Right? God has commissioned us to do that. He, ye are God's. Ye are authority. And so he's telling them, I've commissioned you to do that. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Take care of these people. You know, deal with the wicked. God commanded them to do that. But you know what? They didn't do those things. They weren't taking the leadership. They weren't taking responsibility that God wanted them to take. And God said, you know what? You're going to die like men. And, you know, and uh, the truth is, I believe in our country today, you know, we are taking a lot of the responsibilities that God's given us. We're just doing nothing. Just doing nothing. And our society is crumbling as a result of that. But I, I show you all this to show you that the term God is a, it's a term of authority. Okay? Un, and understand that because, remember that first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay? So when we say other gods, he's referring to you should not allow anything, anyone, whether it be a deity, a heathen deity, whether it be a devil, whether it be a person, or whether it be you yourself, there should be no authority in your life that takes authority over God. Whatever God has commanded us to do, there should be nothing in our lives that trumps that. There should be nothing in our life that overrules that. God has given us His Word. Okay? This, what we have here today it is the Word of God. It is the final authority. And whenever we just decide that, you know what? We're going to do what we want to do instead of what God says to do. You know what we're doing? We're having another God before Him. We are violating the very first commandment. We have allowed something else to be in authority over God. We are being gods over God. We are, you know, it, we are, it's okay to have other authorities in your life. Okay, don't go around calling them God, all right? If you've got another authority, you know, don't go around calling them God. People are going to get the wrong idea, okay? If you go, uh, are in court, you know, don't refer to him as your honor. Don't refer to him as God, okay? And, and it would go into a lot of people's head too, okay? Uh, you know, the President of the United States, if he came here, I wouldn't call him God, okay? Even if he is an authority figure, uh, it would definitely go to his head, all right? And we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to help him out in that area. And so, uh, you know, don't do that. But at the same time, it's okay to have authority in your life. We've got people that tell us what to do. Okay? We've got a government that tells us what to do in a lot of areas. We've got, you know, policemen that enforce a lot of those laws and we're supposed to be respectful to them and do what they say, do what they say to do. It is okay for us to have those other authorities or gods in our life. But should they ever come before the true God? Absolutely not. That's when we are in trouble. It's okay for you to be an authority in certain areas of your life, okay? You know, you need to rule over your own spirit. You know, you need to 
uh, you know, you need to have be responsible and you know be your own authority in certain ways and not have everybody doing everything for you. Be a God with a little g in a sense in your life. Okay, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of young people today that never become adults. That you know, they have to stay dependent on parents. They they just they can't rule over themselves. They got to be ruled over by people all the time. You know what? You need to step up and be your own authority or God. So be careful going around using that term. Okay, in a biblical sense, I'm saying it's it's a, a term of authority, and never let any authority in your life. Trump what God tells you to do. I don't care who it is. Never. See, and when you do your own thing over what God has commanded you, you are making yourself a God over him. You might not, you're not, you're not calling yourself a deity, okay? but you have allowed your will to overrule the one who is deity. I mean, it's amazing how many people, they sit in church, they know what the Bible says, they know they shouldn't do some things, but yet they just go on and they do it anyway. Why? You know why? Because the one true God or the one God that they are serving most of all is themselves. They're thinking, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, here today, most would say that they believe in God. Like I mentioned, you know, you believe in Jehovah God. You believe in the God of the Bible. You'd all say here today, you believe in Jesus Christ. But don't think for one moment that just because you call yourself a Christian, that you're all good on the first commandment. You're not. God's people violate the first commandment all the time. And we, we've got a problem. You know, I'd love to just stand up here and I'd love to bash false deities. But you know what? In, in America today, I don't think we've got a huge problem with people following because they're following other gods. You know, I'll even go as far as to say this, that the other gods of other religions, okay, you know, Hindu gods, uh, a lot of the Hindu gods, not all of them, uh, you know, some of them, uh, you know, pretty much any, the Buddhist gods, most people, if they made those the gods of their life, they wouldn't be super bad citizens. Some of those religions teach some pretty good morals. Some of them. Okay. I don't, I'm not well versed in all the other gods and I would, I, I could have a lot of fun, get up and bashing those other gods and comparing them to our God. They don't stand a chance, but at the same time, those aren't the problems. You know, in the Bible, we see Israel, they would get in a lot of trouble when they would start following other gods. But you know when they would really get in trouble? It was when every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You know, I believe that that is the God that's the biggest problem in, this, in our country today. The devil's a big problem. It'd be fun and it'd be easy for me to get up here and just bash the devil. We could all get excited bashing the devil. I mean, I can get up, I can, I can just talk about the devil, you know, next time the devil's bothering you, just remind him of his future. You know, remind about one of these days, God, you know, God's gonna throw him in the lake of fire. You know, just, you know, it's okay to remind him of that. We could have fun talking about the devil and about that day when God shows us who he is and when, you know, the Bible talks about when we see him, we're gonna look at him and think, you know, how did this guy do anything? How is this the one that got us in trouble? When we see him compared to God, we will know that the devil is nothing. And it'd be fun. It'd be easy to do that. But the God that's the problem today, it's the gods that are sitting in this room. They are the ones that are ruling over people's lives and destroying things in this country. It's not, you know, it's not the false deities that are out there that are destroying marriages and that are destroying churches. Okay. I, I mean, if some, if somebody came in here and tried 
uh, destroying our church by bringing in an idol. All right, somebody brings a big Buddha statue in here. I mean, is anybody going to fall for that? I mean, you know, if somebody brings a big Buddha statue in and they put it up here in the communion table, everybody worship this God. We are going to throw that person out so fast. We're going to throw their idol out so fast, and we're going to have a good laugh about it. Okay, but what is it that usually gets churches in trouble? It's that person who comes in and you know. I know the Bible says we should do that, but I don't think I, I think I don't think that's necessary. You know, and it's never the Bible says that. It's always the preacher says this. Okay, you know, because people know you're not supposed to argue against the Bible, but it's okay against the preacher. All right, and you, that's fine. You can argue against the preacher if I'm not preaching Bible. Okay, but it's the, they they don't do that. All right. Oh, you know, the preacher says that we ought to do this, but you know, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think we have, I don't think we have to do that. I don't think that's important. I think he's making a big deal out of nothing. You know what that person's doing? They are trying to get you to follow them. They want to be God in your life. And you know, the devil too, you know, he, he, he's fine as long as we're not serving the true God. He doesn't care if you're necessarily you know, worshiping him. I don't believe it's the devil's goal to get everybody into Satanism. All right. I think it's his goal to just for you to make yourself God of your own life. You be the authority of your own life and you just do what you want to do. Do things like follow your heart. Hey, you know, does, does it feel right? Well, what are you saying? You're saying, you know, as long as God is okay with it, then it must be okay. Well, that would be true if you were the one true God, if you were a holy God. But you know what? You're wicked. Your heart's wicked. And there is a God that is above you. There is a God that is a creator of the earth. There is a God that's the supreme being. And there is a God who is an authority over you. And you need to follow him. You need to obey that first of the Ten Commandments and say, who cares what I think? Who cares what I want? Who cares what anybody else thinks? I'm going to serve God. Obedience to this commandment. This shows who we love and it shows who we hate. Look what it says in Romans chapter 9 and verse 13. Our, Our country is just so messed up today. We don't even know what words mean anymore. We don't even know what love and hate means anymore. And we've, and it says in Romans chapter 9 verse 13, says, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Oh, that's such a mean verse right there. You know, what, what's God saying? How could God hate Esau? You know, God, God loves everybody. But that, if you look up the definition of that word, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes in the Bible, hate means to just love less. Oh, wait, no, God loves everybody equally, right? Well, that sounds really good. But yet we see in the Bible, even with his disciples, there was John, the beloved disciple, the, uh, the one, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Did you know Jesus had a favorite disciple? It was John. Jesus had people that he liked more than other people. There was Lazarus, Mary and Martha. They were very special to Jesus. He had a special place in their heart. You know, do you see Jesus crying at anybody else's funeral? But he did, you know, he did a Lazarus funeral. I don't think it was because Lazarus was dead. It was because of their unbelief. But remember what the people said? Oh, how he loved him. And you know what he did? Those people were special to Jesus Christ. And we could talk about the reasons for that. I'm not going to get into that. But there are some people that God loves more than others. There are some that the Bible refers to that he even hates. 
You know, the, you know, the Bible says these six things that the Lord hate, and one of them is he that sheddeth innocent blood. Or hands, is it he that sheddeth? Yeah, or he that, no, he that soweth discord among the brethren. I've got to get my facts straight. He that soweth discord among the brethren. You know, God, God hates him. God hates that person that does that. And we're always like, oh no, he, he loves everyone equal. No, there are some he loves less. Jacob and Esau. God loved Jacob more than Esau. Why? Well, Jacob loved God back more than Esau did. God was still good to Esau. God blessed Esau, but God blessed Jacob much more. If you go back to Malachi, what that's referring to, you see what he's talking about there. But I'm going to show you too that hate sometimes means to love less. You know, uh, prove this. Look over at Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. It says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, does anybody think that God wants us to hate our parents? Isn't one of the Ten Commandments honor thy father and the mother? It's hard to honor people that you hate. Does God want us to hate our wife? There's another verse in the Bible that says, Husbands, love your wives. What's all this double talk? This is a contradiction in the Bible. No, your, your definitions of words are messed up wrong. You know what God is saying? He is saying we should not love our fathers and mothers and wives and our children more than we love God. You know why a lot of people disobey God? Because they want to please their family. So you're going to have your family as a God or an authority before the one true God. You've broken the first commandment by loving something else or someone else more than you love God. You have broken the first commandment by doing that. And so it's very clear in that verse. God doesn't want us to hate those people in our modern definition of the world hate. But God does want us to love them less then we love Him. He comes first. It says in Matthew 22, verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, or with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So you all see that, that first commandment that I believe is a reference to the first of the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God's first. He's authority. He's number one. We listen to Him first. We love Him first. We serve Him first. God comes before all others. God is authority above all others. That's how we keep the first commandment, by loving Him most. In other words, He is number one. And then Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Okay, This is a tough one too. Look what it says. It says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay? Mammon. Money. Now, let's just be honest. We all like money here, don't we? Okay? Don't act all spiritual right now. If I wait, if I, you know, I, I could have done an illustration. If I, I, I could have waved a $100 bill around up here, but I don't have $100 to do that with. But if I didn't, you'd all get excited. I mean, you'd start drooling a little bit. You'd be thinking, boy, I sure would like to have that $100 in a fight. I could probably get you all to do some crazy things to, for that $100. We all like money. And you know what? We all love money too. But here's the question. Do we love it more than we love God? So that's what it's talking about. No man can have two masters. Are you going to let money dictate what you do are you going to let that love of money 
control what you do. Are you going to base your decisions on how does this help me financially? Or are you going to base them off the word of God? Are you going to let God be authority in your life? Guess what? God doesn't care if you're trying to make money. You have to have money to survive in this country, don't you? Yeah, you, 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 we need to make money. We're supposed to provide for our family. God wants you to give. How are you going to give if you don't have any money? Okay? God wants you to enjoy giving. He wants you to be a cheerful giver. Well, how can you do that if you don't have anything? Okay? I love to give. And so I would like to have more money so I can give more. Okay? I'd like to spend some on myself too. I'll be honest. But at the same time, we all like it. We all even love it. But compared to God, I hope you hate it. In the sense that you love it less. I hope that you would never allow the love of money to influence you away from serving God. I would hope that you would never let money get you out of the will of God. That is the problem right there. I want to serve God. God wants us to serve Him. And God, you know, He'll, He'll take care of us. And we, you know, we just need to say, just say, you know what? God's will is first. I'm going to do what He wants me to do first. I'm going to obey His word first. And I'll let him worry about how much money I should have. That should be our attitude. Why? Because we're serving God first. He's number one. And that's because people do, they struggle with that. Man, you know, I love God, but I love money too. Okay, that's fine. But just make sure you love God more. Make sure you love him first. Don't ever let money stop you from doing what you know God wants you to do. But every moment of every day, people, they're serving who they love. If you were to keep a log of how you spent your time this week, what would it show that you love the most? You know, some of us, were controlled by the TV schedule. You know, we, we love that television. You know, you love that internet. You love the social media. A lot of people, they spend, I mean, just hours upon hours upon hours on those things. Why? Because they love that. They love those things. It, it takes up their time. You know, it, it dictates what they do. But I mean, if you did that, what I think we'd find out real quick what you love the most. If you just did a log of your everything you spent your time doing this week, it'd be revealing. I wonder how much time we would spend in our Bibles and in the spiritual things. How much time would be praying? You know, it it would be very revealing. It would probably be very convicting. But you see, all other gods besides the one true God, they're basically the same. Okay. And, I, and I'm referring to other deities too. Okay, for the most part, other deities, other gods, they're just the same. You know, they all teach a works-based salvation. Just be good and do your best. Okay, that's what most teach. But at the same time, you know, doing what is good. Okay, well, that's kind of we all have our own definition of that, don't we? We've got these people out there that tell you, you know, if you're going to get saved, you know, you've got to turn from your sins and you, you got to, okay, well, which sins? Because I don't know anybody that's ever turned from all their sins. I don't know every, anybody who's ever gotten saved and they never sinned again. Well, you can still sin sometimes. Well, okay, how often? How often can I sin? Which sins can I do? Well, you know, obviously if you murder people or anything like that, you know, you're, you're, you were never really, okay, so you, your, your standard is, as long as you never murder anybody, then you are truly saved. Oh, well, you know, and, and people do. You know, they've got all the, everybody's got all these different rules that aren't, that just aren't clear, that are very confusing. And the truth is, you know, it's because 
the God that they're serving, even though they're using a King James Bible, it's not the true God. They are God. They can't stand seeing somebody, you know, say they're on their way to heaven when they're living a life that they are not for. And maybe even the Bible's not for. But you know what? The Bible does say, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The Bible does say that it's not of works. And you know what? It bothers me when people who are Christians live like the devil. It bothers me, okay? But can I just give some comfort to you Pharisees out there that you just have a huge problem with that? You want to make sure all those people are going to hell? Okay, people who get saved and still live like the devil, their life's going to stink on this earth. Okay, when they go to heaven, they're not going to have any rewards. Alright? They will regret it for all eternity. Okay? Stop trying to throw them into hell. That's just going too far. Alright? The God did not, that's not what the Bible teaches. And so stop trying to find a way to keep throwing those people in hell. Just be satisfied with the fact that they're going to live a miserable life and have no rewards when they get to heaven. And stop changing the plan of salvation. Alright? I've had enough of this. I hear preachers doing it all the time. I heard one just do it the other day. And I'm sick of it. They're distorting the gospel message. It is not about works. It's about trusting in Jesus Christ and in His work. And I'm sorry. Some people are going to take advantage of the grace of God. Don't worry. They will regret it. But at the same time, you know, if you're one of those Pharisees, I would check up my salvation and make sure you don't think you got saved because you just turned from your sin and started doing better according to your standard. Because let me tell you, there's enough goofy preachers out there. There, you know, there, Some preachers have really high standards for what you've got to turn from to be saved. And are you sure your turn was good enough? Are you sure your repentance was good enough that it meets everybody's standards? Okay, truth is, you know, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop trusting your works. And if you are saved today and you got a problem with how other people are living, just remember, they are a child of God. Let God deal with his children. Okay? We all don't like it when we see other people's kids being bad at the store, but you know what? You don't get to go up and spank those kids. You know what? They're not your kids. Other parents aren't dealing with them. Well, that's their problem. Okay? And you know what? Some of God's children are misbehaving. But they're not your children. They're his children. And God will deal with them in his time and his way. And you just mind your own business. Alright? That's just a little side note there. You know, to help, help some of you Pharisees out. But anyway, that's the thing. People, they're changing these things because... Their authority. They've, they've got, you know, I'm, no, if somebody is, if they're good, if they're going to church, if they've been baptized, they're going to heaven. Yeah, based on your word, but not based on God's word. You know what? You've broken the first commandment. You think you're so good and you can't even keep the first commandment. And the truth is, once again, none of us can keep this commandment completely. We need to try to keep this commandment every day of our life, but none of us can completely keep this commandment and these ten commandments that God gave. We're going to see this as we go through all of them. Is they what Israel should have done when they looked at those commandments? Is they should have said, "We can't do that," and they should have called on the Lord for mercy. Lord, forgive us. We are sinful. We cannot keep these Ten Commandments. Lord, we need Your mercy. That's what they they should have done. 
And that's what we do when we get saved. When we realize we are sinners, we failed, we have broken the commandments of God. We do not deserve to go to heaven. We are incapable of being good enough to go to heaven. It should cause us to fall on our face, call on the name of the Lord for salvation. And why do you even obey the Ten Commandments? We, you know, ask yourself, why do you obey the Ten Commandments? You know, some of us, the only reason we obey the Ten Commandments, it's not because of the true God, it's because of the other gods. Some, there's many people out there, they'd slit your throat, they'd shoot you in the face tomorrow if they thought they could get away with it. They'd have no problem doing that, but they're not. You know why a lot of us don't get murdered? Because we do, thankfully, have some earthly gods or earthly authority figures that man fears. But at the same time, the one that we ought to be fearing is the one true God. Because here's the thing. What are you going to do if you're in a situation where you know you could get away with it? We all find ourselves in situations where we know we, we could steal and get away with it. You know, we could, we could lie and get away with it. You know, maybe even kill somebody. Ah, they always get caught. They always get caught. But maybe, maybe you could get away with it. Would you do that? Is it, if, if you wouldn't do it, is it because you fear the earthly gods, the earthly authorities, or because you fear the one true God? He's the one that we ought to be following, the one we ought to fear. And so this is a classic example, I think, of what it means to walk in the Spirit. See, I have all, I'll admit it, I have already failed in keeping the law. I haven't even kept the Ten Commandments. Okay? I, I want to, I try to, but sometimes I get in the flesh, I get caught up in myself, and I do what I want to do instead of what God wants me to do. Every day that you do that, you break that first commandment. Okay? And, but here's the thing. Jesus Christ saved me. I don't have to keep the law to go to heaven. Okay? Now that doesn't mean, whew, now I can go ahead and do my own thing and not worry because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. No, God wants us to walk in the Spirit. Okay? He wants us to walk in the Spirit. So I know that I don't have to keep the law to go to heaven. I don't have to keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven. But you know what I can do? I can go ahead and obey these things anyway because I love God. You know what? God saved me. He loved me. He's done everything for me. He's promised me heaven. One of these days, I'm going to be just like Him. And so, you know what? I'm going to do my best to keep those commandments. You know what? I fail but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try again. And that's what it says in John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. We've got these Lordship Salvation people that teach you. You know, if you don't keep the commandments because you're not saved. No, it just means you don't love God. It means you're breaking that first commandment. You're loving yourself more than you're loving Him. And even if you're saved, every day we need to renew this in our mind and we've got to do our best. We've got to strive to love God and to love Him, to make Him first in our life. And if we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. It doesn't say, if you'll get saved, you'll keep my commandments. Or to be saved, keep my commandments. To stay saved, keep my commandments. Is that what it, it doesn't say any of those things. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And you know what? There's a lot of people, do. They, they love God, but they love themselves more. And so they keep their own commandments. They do what they want to do. We need to love God most. And if we do, we'll keep His commandments. So we'll go to heaven? Nope, because we love Him. That's the, that's the only reason I do it. I don't do the things that I do so I can go to heaven. 
I, I, that has nothing to do with it. I do them because I love God. That's it. Being a pastor, I'm not pastoring so I can go to heaven. Being a pastor is not going to get anybody to heaven. I'm a pastor because I love God. I don't give any offering. I don't, I don't go soul winning. I don't do any of these things so I can go to heaven. I don't, and I don't even do it just because I'm saved. Like people think, you know, if you're saved, you'll do those things. No, I do these things because I love God. I have a choice. Okay, I have, I have a choice. No, if you're saved, you will do. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Some saved people, they don't obey. They don't do what they're supposed to do. This is, this is how we can show that we love God. We still have a choice. God didn't just, we're not robots, people. You want to love God, this is, this is, show that you love God. This is your chance. Do what He wants you to do just because. Not so you can go to heaven, just because you love Him. That's how we keep the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He comes first. We've messed up, but you know what? I can ask for forgiveness. He'll give it to me. And today I'm going to do my best to make Him Lord of my life, to make Him authority over all lords, over all gods. And I'm going to try to please Him and I'm going to obey His commandments even when it's inconvenient, even when it goes against what I want to do. Why? Because He's, he's first. He's number one. So with that, let's all stand together.